I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. From Christmas time, there are more than 100 ships off the coast of California still waiting to unload their products and goodies, and there are countless weak links in the supply chain. So will the Grinch still Christmas? And would you bet the ranch or 40,000 pounds of food for the Utah Food Bank on a football game? Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee took the bet and is out to beat the Grinch. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it is a Monday, and we're going to start with the good news from over the weekend. And helping us break that down is Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee. Senator, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. Good to be with you, as always. Let's start with the good news. Uh, Of course, everyone was excited to see the University of Utah uh, defeat the Oregon Ducks, a highly rated uh, team there at Rice-Eccles over the weekend. Uh, You had a vested interest. I know we have to call it a wager because uh, betting is frowned upon by the Senate establishment, but uh, you had a little wager. Tell us about it. I did. You know, I, all this was based on uh, uh, something else that we did six years ago on another game. Back in 2016, so it was five years ago, Ben Sass and I decided to uh, make a similar wager when BYU played Nebraska. The Cougars won, and Senator Sass kindly donated 200 pounds of, of pork to Utah food banks. But uh, at the same time that happened, it was happening Norbest in Utah uh, agreed to donate 200 pounds of turkey uh, to a, a comparable facility. The, the donation from him went to Utah Food Bank, and the donation going the other direction um, switched hands anyway, even, even though BYU won. This time I decided to up the ante, and uh, we ended up going from 200 pounds to over 100,000 pounds of food going wow. to those in need. I, I raised the challenge with Senator Ron Wyden, uh, my friend who's a, a Democrat from Oregon, and an Oregon law school graduate. And we made this friendly wager on, on the, the Utes-Ducks game. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm a true blue BYU Cougar, and <laughs> I was also very glad to root for the Utes and, uh, with a favorable outcome. Smithfield Foods agreed to donate 80,000 pounds of frozen ham wow. to food banks in Utah and Oregon. Uh, here in Utah, again, it, it went to Utah Food Bank. And Tillamook Dairy and, and Farmers Ending Hunger joined in from the Oregon side to put us well over the 100,000-pound mark for food. So it was, it was really fantastic. We had a great event on Saturday at Utah Food Bank. 
uh, before the game with, with U of U President Taylor Randall, with Swoop, and, and the Oregon Duck even came to celebrate the wager and, and Smithfield's initial production of uh, 40,000 pounds to Utah Food Bank. Wow, that's the uh, that's the ultimate in win-win. Uh, glad the Utes won, and uh, glad that food banks, uh, the Utah Food Bank here in Utah, and uh, food banks up in Oregon, uh, all come out winners on that. That's a, a good thing rolling into our Thanksgiving uh, week for sure. Uh, we're also talking a lot about uh, the Grinch and uh, supply chain problems. We got big backups in the ports. Uh, the White House uh, has proposed, you know, things like overnight shipping and around the clock. Uh, Solution to try to ease the backlog. You're actually going at it a little stronger, a little harder in terms of things that might actually help us uh, not let the Grinch steal Christmas this round. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's great and everything for President Biden to come up with ideas that aren't his, that he didn't create, that he can't decide to implement. But I, I think it's important that we look for ways in which government might be causing the problem uh, and uh, figure out if we can way to stop it. So the idea here is that solve supply chain and the process saves Christmas. So, look, we, we see this problem over and over again. These products are not getting to people. And as a result of that and government overspending, prices are skyrocketing. Christmas itself is at risk for Utahns and for a, a whole lot of other people across the country. And that's why I'm introducing this bill called the Stop the Grinch Act. The name is, is fitting because these, these rising prices and product backlogs are making Thanksgiving meals and Christmas gifts and everyday necessities far more expensive and, and harder to find every day. And as I go to the store, I, I see prices are rising along with this runaway inflation and the impact that it's having on Utah families. In fact, I, I, I got the idea just a few weeks ago when my wife and I were grocery shopping. I started looking at all the products, and I, 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 my mind started racing as to all the ways in which federal regulations might be slowing down uh, the transfer of, of products as they go from um, uh, some place to another, as they go, for example, from Asia uh, to the United States and are, off, uh, uh, are, are unloaded. I, I was in Asia recently looking at this problem firsthand, and there, there are thankfully some things the federal government can do. So the bill focuses on helping getting products off of ships, on the trucks, and into stores. That's mm -hmm. the key. Uh, so that people in Utah can get the things they need for life and for Christmas. Yeah, it's suspend or remove some of these federal restrictions on ports, on ships, and on trucks. Yeah, let's let's break that down just a little bit in terms of what is in this bill, in terms of some of these uh, federal mandates or policies uh, that really slow things down and add increased cost and increased time in terms of getting those products, uh, as you said, from uh, port to, to tabletop or uh, under the Christmas tree. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, one of them, you mentioned the shipping backlog, uh, a shipping backlog that has in very recent days uh, been noted as something that has involved 120 ships just parked off the, the, the shores of the port of Long Beach and Los Angeles with all these products, and they can't get on board. There are a number of reasons for this. Uh, one of them is something called the Jones Act. It's something that was uh, passed basically to help us fight World War I to help protect our shipbuilding capacity. It's outlived its purpose. Uh, now people may debate that, but it, it, there's certainly no reason why it needs to be applied in such a draconian manner as we now do. These ships could find that uh, it'd be easier to offload some of that stuff if they could unload some of that equipment onto other ships. Mm. They could then access U.S. ports. You see, under the Jones Act, 
in order to go from one U.S. port to another, you have to have a ship that was built, is owned, is flagged, and crewed uh, in the United States. Now, this is uh, uh, people have different feelings about this, but it does make all of it a lot more expensive. Yeah, it's been applied in such a way as to make it impossible even for a non-Jones Act compliant vessel to help pick up a load for a ship that's waiting, say, off the port of Los Angeles or Long Beach. So we're trying to restrict, we're trying to loosen up that restriction, loosen up some restrictions on trucking, commercial trucking that doesn't need to be as strict, uh, loosen some of those up specifically for truckers going into and out of ports like Long Beach and Los Angeles uh, uh, for at least a few months while we get the supply chain crisis licked. We'd also open up uh, capacity to store some of these shipping containers on federal land because that's part of uh, what's causing the problem is we've got a shortage of truck chassis and shipping containers. That's uh, all critical stuff if we are going to uh, stop the Grinch, so stop the Grinch Act. Uh, what happens next uh, in terms of stop the Grinch Act when uh, you get back in session next week? Well, we're going to be adding co-sponsors next week. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, run it by a number of colleagues. They're still learning about it. They're excited about it. They like the name, but more importantly, they like the idea of alleviating this pressure that's on American consumers right now and doing so in a way that doesn't threaten the environment, doesn't threaten public safety. It, it just is a benefit to the American people. That's what we're trying to bring about. All right. Fantastic. And uh, that's Utah Sen- Senior Senator Mike Lee. Uh, he bet the ranch or at least uh, about 100,000 pounds of food for uh, Utah Food Bank and food banks up in Oregon. A uh, great win for the uh, Utes up on uh, the hill over the weekend. And again, the uh, Stop the Grinch Act, trying to alleviate some of that uh, pressure on our ports, the supply chain, and getting goods to uh, tabletops and under Christmas trees, cheaper, faster, and better. Uh, Senator Mike Lee, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, Bud. Again, that's uh, critical stuff as it relates to the cost that we're all feeling as we're trying to get uh, our meals all planned for Thanksgiving this week. As we look at uh, things coming into the holiday season, a lot of purchasing going on there. And, of course, the uh, the challenge of getting it from port uh, to homes and to customers uh, has been a struggle, and that is uh, creating a lot of strain and a lot of uh, challenges for Utah families and for people across the country. And then one last shout-out again. Uh, great, great effort there by the University of Utah. The senator, Senator Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, uh, all focused on food bank, especially the Utah Food Bank, and uh, that's a good thing to start our week with. We'll be right back. Much more to come. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.